Hey everyone, it's your host of See Jurassic Right, Stephen Ray Morris here, just dropping in to say, I hope you've been enjoying all the new episodes in 2023 and 2024 so far. There are new interviews with filmmakers, musicians, scientists, the screenwriter of Land Before Time, audio essays about the rich history of the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World franchise, and all the news about the upcoming animated show Jurassic World Chaos Theory and the as-of-yet untitled Jurassic World sequel coming next summer. I really need your help supporting the show right now, and you can do that by leaving a tip and or giving a monthly follow on Patreon, patreon.com slash There are $1 and $5 tiers, but more is coming. Sharing the show, giving five-star reviews in Apple Podcasts, and liking and commenting on social, at Stephen Ray Morris on Instagram and Twitter, goes a long way to help boosting the show's visibility again online in this new era. I'm an independent podcaster and your support is so important and means the world to me in keeping this podcast running. Link to the Patreon is in the show notes. Hold on to your butts. Thank you. And now on to the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. One, two, three, four. Filled with on fright. See Jurassic right. In the number light. See Jurassic right. See Jurassic right. Right, right. This is the end. This is it. My only friend, the <laughs> end. Wait, copyright. Big hat, no cattle. <laughs> what are we? Oh, we're. Ta- what are we doing here? Hey, everyone. We're talking about Jurassic Park 3. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And we're at your place. We're at here. This is why it sounds different. Yes. But I think that, again, this is the, it's all part of the thing. Yeah. It's that we came here for the coastal experience. Yes. Because I live in Culver City. Yes. Right along the coast. Right along the coast. Right along that six-mile stretch of coast. This, the Los Angeles coast, which technically belongs to Santa Monica. Oh, okay. Right? It's it's like it's not even like L.A. City. So. Oh, yeah. No, it's, yeah, Santa Monica City, baby. <laughs> that's where, like, that's probably what, why there was a strain in the relationship between Amanda and she's dating this new guy, Ben. He's yeah. kind of a good guy, but he took, his, he took her son on this risky Isla Sorna adventure. 
he he seems like a guy who lives like in Venice. Let's talk you know? about that really quickly because that's the opening. So I feel comfortable <laughs> starting there. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, he really does. Okay, so she. Okay, does she know? Because like I've had yeah, step parents yeah. throughout my life, and you know it's a big step to mm-hmm. take somebody. I mean, you're taking Amanda is entrusting her son with this man that she's dating. They must have been sort of serious. They seem to be serious, although probably a note about that later down the road. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> when she reacts to something. <laughs> but OK, let's just quickly oh, go through this. <laughs> let's Sorry. just quickly go through this. So in Jurassic Park 2, mm-hmm. which is called The Lost World. Yes, but. Jurassic you know, Park 2. In the second Jurassic Park film, we established that people know about the events of Jurassic Park. Yeah. Right? Even mm-hmm. if it's rumors. And in the beginning of JP3, Ben is like, get us as close to the island as possible. Because that's the island where the dinosaurs are. They want to see the dinosaurs from up above. Mm-hmm. So it's not just... Let's assume the best, Stephen. Okay. Let's assume that Ben got explicit permission to take a son that is not his per se down right? to Costa Rica and right. then down to Costa Rica chartering a- up up into the air right that's dangling because it, it's the thing where like it's not like a step parent thing per se like like you're pointing out like they, they were just dating like they just knew it. they were a friend right that's yeah, how I Ben is I don't think to. they were married no because it's just like oh he was with a friend Ben <laughs> so this friend Ben we're starting on such an aggro note but I love this movie <laughs> I mean, our, that this is 90 minutes of cocaine. <laughs> this art, that friend Ben took a child up into the air. Not even emergency contact. Not, emer- not even an emergency not, contact. Not even his emergency, emergency contact. Let's say he got all the explicit permission. It was an island with dinosaurs. Yes. I think that's where it crosses the line. <laughs> just, were it to be any other island, and this was a big snafu where just the fog came in and some John Carpenter pirates oh. got onto the boat and killed everyone, that would be one thing. I thought you were going to say the dog from the thing. You're like, yeah. oh, why is there a husky on, the, on board? <laughs> the dog that is actually, well, I don't want to say anything in case people haven't seen the movie. <laughs> um, the dog from the thing hops on the boat, mm-hmm. right? And then Ben goes, there was, this horrible thing that happened. I couldn't have predicted it. Two men died. Two or, men are died. missing. Are missing. One of them, if they reappear, is an alien. Sorry, I actually <laughs> probably gave away everything from the thing. <laughs> no. <laughs> but Well, it's so funny. Wait, that this wasn't a connection. I just just going to say 2001, but that doesn't have any relation to the thing. <laughs> because Jurassic Park 3 came out 2001. I don't know why I typed 2001 A Space Odyssey and the thing together. We will connect Completely it by different. the end, though. Yeah, okay. We will connect Six it by the end. <laughs> of sci-fi. It's not. We've spent so much time talking about this. It I, it was not a good decision. No. He knew what he was doing. It was dangerous. And it wasn't great. No. As far as openings go, mm-hmm. I think it's great. Because, and I'm not going to, last week. We're going to crash. Last week, we really hit the brakes and we're like, we're, we're going to tease out what this movie is. We're going to tease out what this movie is. And finally we got to it, right? Like, mm-hmm. t- I don't know, two hours into the episode, we were like, it's Kong. I... I'm just oh, going to okay. come out and say what this movie is and why this opening works okay. and why I love this movie. Is that all right? Yeah. No, I don't know where you're going with this. I'm really excited. Jurassic Park is the mad science monster flick, right? Mm-hmm. Lost World is King Kong. Yes. Steven Spielberg's King Kong. This movie is the amusement park 
ride. This is okay. Jurassic okay. Park the ride. And so much of the other stuff has been pulled away and stripped away. And mm-hmm. like the openings of both of the of of Jurassic Park and Lost World are like here. We're hitting you with the thesis <laughs> of this, right? Yeah, yeah. Where it's like, are we are we meant to mess with nature? Jurassic Park. Well, and and that idea that we are going to think about these things when the action is happening. Exactly. Right. Like that's like the ballet of it. Like that's going to like we're going to have to work through this. Mm-hmm. Lost World is just like. Look at us trying to crash civilization into nature, and that's going to be be good parents, right? And and yeah, and then good parents versus bad parents, right? Like th- that's lost world right there. Yeah, this one is get on the boat, go in the air, something creepy is going to happen. Hold on, welcome to Jurassic Park, the the attraction. <laughs> I love it, and <laughs> no, it there's no no bones about it. Look, <laughs> this is going to be the plentiest episode yet. Yes. Uh, because we're 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 throwing it we're throwing it all out there, and I did find your present, which was was ex- was exciting, but also thematically disappointing. Because if I hadn't found your present, it actually would have fit better with what we're going right. to do today, which is Jurassic Park Three is dress. You know, we talked a lot about compare and contrast last yes. time. There is no compare and contrast because, and I couldn't remember it at the time, but I actually found my note, which was like. Lost World and JP3 both critique Jurassic Park in ways. Yes. Yeah. And I think I said Lost World is like challenging a lot of the assumptions in Jurassic Park, but with uh, uh, sincerely, it's yes, sincerely yeah, challenging yeah. those notions. JP3 is like, fuck this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It is. You, I mean, you've written a book. Uh, in which there is a chapter (laughs) there is a chapter that talks about how jurassic park 3 undoes all of jurassic park like step by step it just obliterates the original film yeah and oh yeah and so the reason why it would be thematically relevant if i had forgotten your present is that it would have been the it would the the fizzling out would have been more satisfying because that's essentially what happened with this movie. But I think it is thematically relevant because it was a surprise treat. Just so everyone knows, just really <laughs> oh! quickly get this out of the way. It, it was, it was a VHS copy of Spirit Stallion, the summer in the 2001. <laughs> really... It came out the same year. Wait, 2001? Yeah. Spirit. Let, you... me, let me double check you before me? I put my entire reputation on the line for this. I like, like how I put my reputation on the line for Schindler or Amistad last time in Schindler's <laughs> yeah, List. Right. And you're, and look, Spirit, of the, Spirit, the Stallion of the Cimarron. I'm wrong. 2002. 2002. All right. Even better. This <laughs> still thematically relevant. Spirit, Sound, and Simran was a sequel to Jurassic Park 3. <laughs> see, that's, but see, that's, that's the thing with this movie is I, I've talked a lot about this movie about that searching for a theme. Like, yes. Uh, I think I mentioned it last week about putting questions on Twitter and it's like, what would the missing 30 minutes be for this movie? Right. Because, and, and like you just said with the opening that this movie doesn't give you a thesis. No. It just throws you in. Yeah. And so in that way, you're sort of left to your own devices to be like, what does this all mean? Yeah. And it's funny. You, it's funny that you just reminded me that idea of like writing about JP3. You can write about JP3 and skip entire sections because it has nothing <laughs> to do with the rest of the movie. Yeah. Like I remember writing about JP3 and not mentioning Pteranodons once. And it's like, what am I talking about? Right. Right. Yeah. So, Yeah. Where do you go from here? It basically? opens, it starts, and it is like this is, it's not, because the thing is Jurassic Park is the monster flick. Yeah. Like, I truly believe it is the monster flick. So, in this opening sequence, it is trying to be like, this is the monster flick. The title comes up, and it's like Jurassic Park 3. But it, 
it's not the monster flick. And that's what's so interesting. It's a comedy. It's right. It's a ride. It's like when you go, it's like, have you seen, you know, the 1999 mummy film? And someone goes, I've been on the roller coaster at Universal Studios Los Angeles. And you'd be, or Universal Studios Hollywood. I don't know why I said it incorrectly. And you'd be like, that's not really the movie. That's what Jurassic Park 3 is the mummy roller coaster. Or Waterworld. Or Waterworld. Wherein <laughs> so many elements, obviously, this is not the thing. This is not the water world. This is not the mummy. Yeah. But the fact that it's the amusement park interpretation of it, to me, gives us something so special that the two other movies couldn't. And the moment that it clicked for me, where I was like, this is 100% it, is when, and we'll, I don't mean to jump ahead. This no. is just to reference it. It's when they're flying over the island and Alan is like giving the tour and he's like, oh, so it's Jurassic Park. You want Jurassic Park again? And everyone's like, we don't care. That's when I was like, that is. You know, it- I don't even think I thought of that one. <laughs> That's another one. Like, this is just like these check marks of yep. like, like Malcolm's an idiot. Humans, yep. whatever. Like kids smarter than the adults. You Dinosaurs think this person's going to survive? Learn to no. talk. Yeah. 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 <laughs> learn to talk. T-Rex killed by the Spinosaurus. Yep. It's, it is just, um, it's, it's like if you went on the Jurassic Park ride, which is now officially the Jurassic World, right? Yes. Imagine if, though, the Jurassic World ride started with half an hour of prelude. You'd be like, okay, I do kind of want to just like get scared and get splashed a little bit. That's what JP3 is. Where, it, where Alan is like, so we're doing Jurassic Park again? And the movie's like, no, we're gonna we're, we're gonna roll you in a second. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, no, because I, I I would almost argue that the the original Jurassic Park ride, at least, it starts with like you know the the late like the like floating river, ever flowing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris Bermonte, our dear friend Chris Bermonte, uh, he he knows that full thing by heart, and when he does it, it just takes me back. Like it's ASMR yeah. of like I literally like phase into the original ride. I do miss that, but. I would argue that the, the Jurassic Park, the original Jurassic Park ride is probably more intellectual than this movie <laughs> in some ways it is. or not intellectual, but just it tries to recreate the original movie. But I almost think that maybe th- to your point, this is the ride, the ride. Yes, you know? this is the ride, the ride. Yeah, because you get that stuff in the beginning and then we do get some character stuff, but it's very blatant that the movie is not going to give us Ellie and Alan. Well, I was going to say that was the other thing to check yeah. to check the bar. You know, uh, you loved Alan and Ellie. Things are smooth sailing into uh, the sunset. Nope. No. Dinosaur Man. I lo- it's freaking just... Mark Degler from uh, Congo. Well, that actor was in Congo. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I'm just going to bring this up now because I'm very excited. I was like just humming along to the movie when I was uh, on the way here. And I realized, oh, this is like now I'm just some Ellie that I like now you're just some Ellie that I used to know. Oh, did you write lyrics? No, I didn't. I didn't write it. I thought, but I thought I was like, I just wanted to look at this, but you didn't have to, you know, I don't know. We could, maybe we shouldn't do this, but because we would get DCMA. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what? Actually, audience, do, do a dramatic audience, reading? Omar, let's just keep the Gautier song in our head. Okay. For this episode. Okay. And maybe by the end we'll have a full song. Who knows? Great. Okay. <laughs> or maybe not. Uh, but I just was like, I mean, with the parrot, you know, yeah. like, Al, like it's just so sad mm-hmm. in a very funny way where like, because you would assume that Grant and uh, Grant and Sattler would still be friends, like yeah. still would be like, have you over for dinner, yeah. like maybe once a month or something. But it, I almost get the impression that it's been a while and maybe Ellie's worried about him. Boundaries are up. <laughs> in that scene yes it is not he his, used to know like 
it's not lovers to, to friends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I would say Ellie more than Alan, which is I totally agree with you because that's where it kind of it picks up for me. Uh, or like I, I'm picking up on that. Yeah, where yeah. Ellie seems to be the one who's just like, I'm I'm being very clear about how emotionally connective I'm being with you right now, Alan. Yeah. And anything you need. Yeah. But the in the way it's said is she's like, but I do need to acknowledge that I have I am living my life. I have this like I'm not trying to bring it in. And and you see, Alan's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. oh he's like one. Like if he had had one drink, he would have been like, I love, you know, yep. like, yep, like, which is funny because recently I believe Clayton Fioriti, I don't, uh, I can't remember the exact video. I'll put it in the notes, but I guess there was a version of the lost world where Malcolm would have like an early draft where Malcolm would go seek out Grant mm -hmm. in a, and would find him drunk in a bar at the beginning of lost world. Like wow. that was going to be a scene. And I don't, I don't know if that was ever fully scripted or just conceptually, <laughs> But uh, uh, spiritually, I feel like that's where we're at with Grant in the beginning yeah. of this movie, where it's like, yeah, you're right. It's like she's very clear in a way that's very healthy. Yeah. Um, emotionally, very healthy. Like she's extending where she can. Yep. But it was also not like, but this isn't going to be what it used to be. It's not. And here's the thing I really do love about this film, because this is this is fresh out of the 90s. So we still have those tropes hot in our tails. First DVD. There was there is at no point. A moment when you're watching this that you go, Ellie and Alan will get back together. No. And oh, wow. You know what? You That's know what a mean? really great point. Like, and I really respect the movie for that because every 90s huh. film has been the thing where it's like, but if we just, if we, if we gaslight our parents into thinking there's a ghost in the house, they'll undivorce. That's every 90s movie wow. where it's like, what if I cash this blank check and solve <laughs> all the problems in the world? It was like the 90s thing. Whereas, I don't know, that movie had a lot of other lessons that yeah, we should yeah. have learned. But this one was very clear, like, no, they're not together and they're not getting back together. Yeah, you know, that's a really great point. I'd never thought about that that way. And it feels like this is a very relevant time to talk about it because Grant and Sattler are going to be in, you mm -hmm. know, it's, it's their first time back next year in Dominion. Yep. And so that this this movie and why I think I've said before in this podcast, why Brenda and I, a.k.a. Bonnie, a.k.a. Bonnie puns, a.k.a. Beeksels <laughs> and I really connected was we love talking about this movie because yeah. of the like you said, they just trimmed away everything yeah. and just had the pure ride. There's so much more to talk about. There's so much more to like, what happened? Why is this doing this? Why are they yep. like that? What's their relationship like? And so this movie is just really, really just like. You know, what's going on, yeah. you know, and so it's like what? I, I will just say this and we can get back to JP3 Popper. I hope I hope Grant is in a healthier place in Dominion yeah. because I think this movie ends with him in a healthier place. That's just to jump ahead. But it's like so fascinating because I think on page you could point and say there isn't a lot going on with Alan. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he's again, he the 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 art, the um the science of paleontology, the art and science of mm. paleontology, correct myself, is is literally dying. Yeah. <laughs> and like like it hurts like just just putting it on before I came over, like the the like smattering that like that who whoever who was the sound designer? I don't because Gary Rystrom, I don't think he was the main sound designer on this. Yeah. But like whoever decided to make the applause, the smattering in yep. that awkward way. It hurts bad. Here's what's so... <laughs> At the end of his lecture. 
extraordinary. I'll say this really quickly. One, I love that out of the th- the main three from Jurassic Park, Ellie's the one that's just like, I'm good. Because both Ian and Alan are like, but she's the one that could have handled it the best. I know, she's that's the ugh. thing. That's, I know, that's the, and I, I, I hope she's the, the main character in Dominion. But uh, it's what I do genuinely love about this movie that I think rides through is that it does follow through on the incredible insanity at the end of Jurassic Park and of Lost World, where the like i would say even more than than jurassic world does where dinosaurs are brought back and they exist mm-hmm. and i think this almost like dark knight rises a little like, better than dark knight rises dark yeah. knight rises <laughs> i don't know because, i didn't need it to nod off screen or <laughs> off camera off mic like does it better than dark knight rises because i feel like dark knight rises there's in between the dark knight and dark knight rises like the stakes aren't shifted necessarily like gotham's always like a town of crime so yeah. it's like sort of like what is this i know it's like peacetime and stuff like that but you're like how much right but with this dinosaurs coming back is a huge deal and the idea of paleontology is so specific to dinosaurs not being here like because yeah. now it's becoming zoology or zoology yeah, right yeah. so like alan really is in an interesting spot because i think that romance it's like if indiana jones if like indy had to deal with after Indiana Jones 4, where he's like, but what about this amazing thing? And they're like, there's aliens. <laughs> you know, like, people just don't care. Like, following that character, that is something that's really difficult and heavy, but I don't think it's blatant. It's not as blatant as saying, but you're not great with kids, so we can solve this with kids. Yeah. What is Alan's role in the universe as a romantic, as an <laughs> unrecognized romantic? He loves dinosaur bones, not dinosaurs, dinosaur bones. And the idea of living dinosaurs is this terrifying idea. And I think that this is the movie where we watch him fall back in love with dinosaurs. Thank you. That's honestly how I feel about it, too. That idea, because, yeah, it's the astronaut versus the astronomer. Yeah. And 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 just do it for three. Just do the three (laughs) slashes. Here we go. Yes, you're right, though, because it's funny for how. Because Grant in this movie is Paul Giamatti grumpy. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously Alexander Payne did, which I learned recently. And again, I think Clayton Fioriti did another video because again, every few years scripts for this movie or weird interviews Versions pop and out stuff, and yeah. stuff. And so Alexander Payne did a two act wrote the first two acts of JP three, like rewrote them uh-huh. and then didn't get, didn't have time to finish them, had to go do something else. Wow. So the summer of 2000 or like, or just in 2000, he, Wrote two thirds of a script, mm-hmm. created the Kirby's. Yep. He created the Kirby's. <laughs> and I think in this video, Payne was like, was mentioning of like, he didn't get it. He wanted to put Ellie in it more, maybe, or something like that. But like, it's the Grant in Jurassic Park, I think, because we see him as kind of a grumpy, like the, yeah. the narrative of like grumpy dude who like eventually learns to love kids. But it's like the dude was in love with dinosaurs. Yeah. Dinosaur bones. Yeah. As you said. Eric says, like, oh, I liked it better when you liked dinosaurs, you know, like, yeah. I, I loved the book that you wrote before you went to Jurassic Park, yeah, essentially. Yeah. And so you're right. This movie really is about Grant falling back in love with dinosaurs. But it, it's very. It, but it's very Grant in that way, where it's like you almost don't, like I am again, I, I feel like this is kind of you're just kind of blowing my mind right now. <laughs> Not kind of blowing my mind. You are blowing my mind right now because that's always the hope, right? Is that like. It, and I think maybe I think maybe that's why Billy Brennan survives. Yes, because I think if Billy hadn't survived, I don't think I don't think the movie would 
end on a, as hopeful a note. No. I think I think that part of Grant would have been broken forever. I, I because absolutely. you bring in this grad student who's a fucking nerd. Yep. Uh, there's some people that like Billy Brennan. And for you, <laughs> I love you. I love your love. As I said in, the, in our first episode we did together, I love your love of Billy Brennan. But because yeah, it's like it, like Jurassic Park, like Jurassic Park and Lost World. You know, you kill off Eddie Carr. Yeah. You kill like Gennaro. We were like, eh, okay with. Yeah. But I mean, we liked Ray Arnold. You know. Yeah. And and in Lost World, obviously we feel bad for Eddie Carr. Like, yep. But in and you in this movie has Udesky, which mm-hmm. like again, it's not as clearly drawn out. But Udesky, like my favorite, my, one of my favorite lines in the movie is, "You never really can tell about people, can you?" It's like <laughs> yeah. where where they just revealed that uh, William H Macy that um, Paul Kirby is a complete fraud, yep. and he's like, "I'll give you a bathroom, like a like a five thousand dollar retiling <laughs> instead of like." what he promised like maybe fifty thousand yeah. dollar checks or whatever but yeah that thematic idea of like falling back in love with dinosaur it just it's right there but it's just yep it's hard to it's hard to kind of grasp because grant isn't somebody and we talked about this on the first episode as well too grant is somebody where it's like when he's at work he's like gonna be about the business or yeah. whatever or at least that's how i interpret it and so of course grant if he likes something he's not gonna be like woohoo i love this yep. It's almost that thing where they talk about, I feel like in a lot of movies where it's like, you know, like, you know, you may leave the war, but the war never leaves you. It's like, like he can't quit the Raptors. He dreams about them at night and on planes. That is exactly it. The the shot that is Alan's soul, I would say. And I, I know that it's like we meet, you know, Ellie and Alan at the same time. But I truly believe that this is the image that is Alan's soul is when we in Jurassic Park cut to their story and it's the raptor skeleton Mm -hmm. and it's wonderful and beautiful and but terrifying and it's terrifying because Mm. your mind is having to create what this thing was and i feel like that's alan and yeah it's when he gets on the island everything is like a setback everything is like a lie everything is a trick but what's funny is i think that like all those surprises and those weird bumps and it gets to a scene that i think is one of the best scenes in the entire franchise where it's just foggy and it's just a yeah. like a, a fun little haunted house i think that's when alan gets back to the skeleton of it all because i think <gasps> that he with dinosaurs existing again a lot of those ant like questions become answered right and he still wants to solve these mysteries where he's like but how did they talk and stuff it's like well like you could almost go ask them in a way right because <laughs> they're there yeah i think it's the universe surprising you and having these weird, interesting twists and turns, like the Kirby's being like, oh, no, you know, this is all a lie. <laughs> yeah, we don't have any money. Billy being like, I got a back. I can fly around because I went to New Zealand. Yeah. Like it's I think those are things that by the end, when you see Alan smiling on the beach, it's because he's like, wow, actually, I have no idea what's going on. Like, I only really have the bones of life and I'm having to build out like meaning out of all of it. Well, he made it. And I think it's that kind of recognition of like whether or not Jurassic Park acknowledges the trauma of the characters. Yeah. Of I mean, Lost World kind of not mocks Malcolm, but it's just, you know, we again, the Lost World episode, we really focused in on this idea that like everyone else wanted to go on the adventure and he yep. didn't. Uh, this time it's nobody cares, like yeah. you said. And yeah. like, um, but yeah, tying it into that idea again of him at the end, it's like he is feeling alive again for the yep. first time, you know, and it's interesting that that one of the last moments that Grant has in Jurassic Park is him kicking the raptor in the face to save Lex. Mm-hmm. 
And one of the first moments in this scene is him kicking a pteranodon yep. in the face. Yep. So it's like you kind of draw these moments together where it's like the man's in his element. Yeah. You know. It's always. And he didn't know it. And he didn't know it. It's like that's the thing. It's like so fascinating mm. is that like he is this odd superhero that keeps <laughs> saving families in a way. You know, like he's like. He's yeah, that is kids. funny. Yeah. <laughs> like he just is so good at saving kids. Yeah. And he doesn't. Damn it, I can't it. help it. I have to save all these kids. And whether it's a human kid or a raptor kid. You yeah, know, yeah. like he's just doing it. Yeah. It's really great. I feel like there's a lot that goes on underneath, especially with Samuel's performance, but there's just like so much going on in this movie where like you'll get the lines of the Kirby's and stuff where like I think I get the story, but I think there's like a lot of like codependency stuff that's going on that's really interesting and explored. I feel like the Kirby's are genuinely fascinating characters where they are clearly spiraling. Yeah. From something. <laughs> Remember that horrible time? Well, at least we were together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's something going on with this couple. Yeah. And it's the thing where like I feel like you can in 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 the Fast and the Furious in the Lord in the year of our Lord Fast and the Furious movies. <laughs> JP3 Tokyo Drift. Yeah, that's that's what I define this era as. This is the Fast and the Furious era. As much as people want to think it's the MCU era, it is defined by Fast and the Furious. I don't think you can look at a choice in a movie anymore. And because this is something I feel like it's been like the last like 10, 15 years people have like done or whatever. Like, is this good or is it bad? Because like some screen hack, not even screenwriter had like a talk at UCLA where it was like, if you don't do this in the first 10 pages, I, this is a movie like approach this movie without like, did it do right or did it do wrong? And just be like, what is happening? Well, the, you know, yeah. Well, and I think too, maybe why this movie resonates more with people. It's so funny. This woman, Hannah, she's very hilarious. She has the Jurassic World handle on Instagram. Great. Or no, on Twitter. She has the dress. <laughs> she has the Jurassic World handle on Twitter, but it's not actually the Jurassic World handle. Right. It just looks like it. Oh, it's so good. And she was like, I don't like JP3, but everyone who does is really hot. So I respect that. <laughs> Paraphrasing, but that's essentially what she said. And I was just like, but I think the reason why this movie is able to resonate a little de deeper with people who are fans of Jurassic Park in general more yeah. than just the first movie, we know how plagued the production was. Right, right. And so there is no there's no reason to try and have that argument, yeah. you know, good or bad. Yeah. Because they threw out the script six weeks before shooting. Yeah. John August did an uncredited rewrite and refuses to talk about this yeah. movie. Like, yeah. you know, it's just and like. And man talks about screenwriting on a weekly basis. Yeah. He <laughs> literally has a podcast about it. Uh, and so, yeah, I think you're hitting upon something where it's just like, you know, if you want to have macaroni and cheese, like, here's the ingredients. It comes, exact. it comes full circle because Jurassic Park 3 is the kind of movie that inspired Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yes. If Jurassic oh, my God. Park 3 was made Holy shit, in like dude. the 70s, right? That's what Spielberg would be. I, got chills, I mean, he was making movies about that. But yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. he would be like, I got to make that one day. Yeah. And it is clearly like a lot of the Spielberg stuff is bleached out of this. It's like washed out. But I think what's interesting is like you look at what's left. And it <laughs> is, but in that, like, we get that experience. And that's what I love mm. about this movie is that like we are kind of like, oh, I do miss Jurassic Park. In the same way that Grant is probably like, yeah, that was the highlight of my. You think you missed Jurassic Park? I was, <laughs> I was in a relationship with Laura Dern. Don't tell me about how much you missed Jurassic Park. Like, I was, I was on top of the world. I had two kids that like loved me and respected me. 
Uh, yeah, I was. My research Lord. was funded for good. Yeah, like because a man showed up and Willy Wonka, like yeah, yeah, my yeah. Life into me into it. Yeah, <laughs> and even and even when it all looked hopeless, a T Rex roared in my face and I did not break. Yes, you and know I what I mean. Stood, and my hat blew off, <laughs> and I and, and you know and like I spent a night up in trees looking at like an ancient landscape. But but the thing is, so many, and I feel like this is like. I feel like Marvel has done a really good job of like pushing through this, but they still have like a lot of like comfort and familiarity that they can like lean on. But like all of us, after we walk out of the theater of Jurassic Park, still have to like continue to live and go on and grow. And for the franchise to also do that through Alan is just so great because you do miss so much Jurassic Park, but I think that's part of it. I mean, I will say it's like the Don Davis's score feels like an It's a Small World version of Jurassic Park score. <laughs> yeah. No disrespect yeah. to Don Davis. I love Don Davis. Matrix score, brilliant. But like, it feels like he almost like just uh, Alvin and the Chipmunked, the original score of Jurassic Park. I could way. not agree more. <laughs> like it's so, it's so there. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I wanted to ask you this question, and I think you you transitioned very well into it, which is I, I didn't even ask at the beginning. What when did you did you see this movie in theaters? Did you? Yes. So let me see if I remember. Okay, so Jurassic Park definitely did not see in theaters because my parents were like, "You can't." And then we, my let's just do the full run of this. Then my middle sibling, my brother, was looking at a spider and fell and cracked his head open. So my parents got a call in the middle of Jurassic Park, yes. literally as the T-Rex is coming out, and someone had to run into, like, they got, the theater got a call from the babysitter, then the person there had to go into the theater, find my parents, and say, you need to go to the phone and call them back, because we didn't have cell phonies back in the day. <laughs> so then they had to call, they had to rush home, and then take my brother to the hospital, because he was bleeding out of his Oh my head. gosh. Um, 
And then they were just like, we're not going to see Jurassic Park. Like, we're not taking to go see Jurassic Park. Then we went to England and one of my friends was so obsessed with it. He got me a book about it. And I was like, can we go see it? And then we, I think not we the book, a, like a just like like a kid's version of it. Oh, like a junior novel. Yeah. Yeah. Where it was just Amazing. like you flip through and I was like, this movie looks boss as shit. Can we go? <laughs> so I'm pretty sure I saw it in England when I was a kid. And then I was terrified, but I loved it. Lost World saw it in theaters and was like, this is the scariest experience of my entire life. Then this movie. There are two Rexes? <laughs> yeah. They can fly now? <laughs> no, that's Shapey 3. This, this was, I went to go see it with like one friend during the day. Because we were yes, like, we got to go. Me too. What is it about this movie? I feel like this movie is like a Friday afternoon movie. It is the Friday afternoon movie. This is the Sunday UPN show of Jurassic, <laughs> of Jurassic Park. I remember when the Kirby's jingle rings which is something that has stuck with me and has popped up in like so many scripts where i'm like we got to get a jingle in there yeah, it's yeah. so good when this when they hear the jingle and they turn into spinosaurus i remember distinctly in whatever amc theater i was sitting back and going this is great <laughs> you're right that moment that it that moment is equally terrifying and hilarious yeah. at the same time i remember being like i don't know what's happening in this movie like i don't know what to track but the second that the ringtone occurred, I just sat back and I was like, give me whatever you want. Like, I love it. It went from Homeward Bound to The Purge in like three <laughs> seconds. Because that music, that Don yep. Davis score reminds me so much of the end of Homeward Bound when Shadow comes back and everything. 100%. Like, the Kirby's are being reunited. Yep. They're hugging through a fence. So that's weird. Like, so, so not everything's perfect. Yeah. And then the ringtone happens. And the ringtone happens. And the Spinosaurus doesn't look. It's not the T-Rex reveal in JP. No. This is. The silliest, goofiest reveal. It's just slumped. Yeah. Like you can't you can't see this hey guys. but like hey guys. yeah, I'm here. is doing it. Hello, my name is the spinal source. I'm this here. I'm gonna eat you guys. The little teeth and huge arms. Huge arms. Jersey Shore. Super yoked. Bro. And it's hilarious. Mountain Dew but, <laughs> Mountain Dew in one hand, Rockstar in the other. Yeah, a Mountain Dew red and a Rockstar in the other hand. But it's still, it's, you have a moment of you're like, this is ridiculous, but there's been so much carnage throughout the film that you, the second of like, this is ridiculous, instantly gets pulled through your body. And I think that's such a cool, because the T-Rex is only terrifying. You know what? That's a great point because this movie features a lot of moments like that where, I mean, it truly is like in real life in the sense sometimes where everyone's having a good time and then suddenly somebody isn't. Yeah. And I feel like that's probably how I don't get into fights in real life, obviously. <laughs> I don't know why I need to put obviously there, but uh, I just imagine like that's what it's like. And yeah. it's it's everyone's having a good time. We're having fun. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, because even with um, it's real. Yeah. Even when Amanda, you know, when they're in the lab mm -hmm. and it's like, this is how, you know, how do you, this is how you make a dinosaur. This is how you play God. And then they're yep. looking at the head. It's like, why is there just a floating raptor head? This is suddenly, oh, God. Yeah. I think that turn is so scary. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I think that raptor reveal is genuinely like, I know it's coming from 50 miles well, of away. Of course. Because I've seen this movie so many times. And still, every They spoiled time, it like, in the trailer. They also did spoil it in the trailer, which is disappointing. It wasn't as bad as Goldeneye, though. I know this isn't a Goldeneye podcast, <laughs> but in the trailer for Goldeneye, they're just, here's the twist. And you're just like, that's, the movie kind of hinges on this yeah. a little bit. Yeah, emotionally hinges on that idea. <laughs> but, uh, oh, you man. know, live and let live. Um, <laughs> no, live and let die. <laughs> Mm, 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 mm. we got him this is we're gonna get the, the previous versions of us are so sad right now that they were picking up puns <laughs> this is where this. they turn it off i was gonna mention because in in the original sjr uh the Jurassic park episode that we talked 
it, your experience with your or your parents' experience with Jurassic Park reminds me so much of it, in a very different way of Jason Coe's experience, our friend mm-hmm. Jason Coe, mm-hmm. because he growing up the VHS that it was taped on Jurassic Park ended when Alan Grant says, you know, Mr. Hammond, I decided not to endorse your park. Yes. End movie. Go back and listen to that episode. But it's just like this, but this is what Jake, yep. but in a way that experience or your parents' experience of having to leave the movie early, having to leave in these moments of high intensity. Yeah. That's how JP3 ends too, where it's like, oh God, we're going to be eating my raptors, all this yep. stuff. And all of a sudden just. I silence, am you know? so glad that I was aware of the runtime in this rewatch because you do at one point, you're just like, it's like hour 26 or something like that. And you're just like, wait, how long is this movie again? And then it ends <laughs> and you're like, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. It, <sighs> it. Yeah. But that moment when the, to me, the key scene of all of this, and I love, I love a Raptor saying Alan. You know, like, I love these, like, little bits you can't get in any movie. I love the bar scene, which, interestingly enough, like, when it popped back up in Fallen Kingdom, I was like, we're getting a bar scene again? Well, you know that Randy Newman wrote the song that played in the Fallen Kingdom trailer. No way. In the Fallen Kingdom trailer, the needle drop there, Irma Thomas, Anyone Who Knows What Love Is, was written by Randy Newman. So isn't that a fun JP3 connection as well? That's incredible. Because big cat, no cattle yep. that plays in the bar scene. If that's incredible, somebody, somebody is, somebody's thinking about JP three really hard. That's the thing. It's like Jurassic Park three. People think about that movie a lot. It's yeah. like it's it's not. It's not like an annoying earworm, but there is just something weirdly like, like an earwig just like yeah. boring into your brain, and you're just like, why? It's, <laughs> it's just enough fun and just enough detail. Where you don't, it's amazing that we've been talking about this movie for this long because it's a movie that it is a film. You go into the theater during the day, the lights go down, you're in a cave, you (laughs) see a bunch of moving lights and shadows, you hear sounds, and you walk out, and you did have an experience. But it's it's still daytime when you leave. And it's still daytime. It's not nighttime when you leave. And you go the rest of your life. It's not a thing where you're just like, oh my God, like this movie, we got to talk about it and dissect it. What's all the Easter eggs and stuff like that? It, it's a movie's movie. You know, it's not like a cinema movie. And I love that about it. And I think that it's like, that's what makes it so just digestible. Yeah. It's like this kid was stuck on the island and found a way to survive and did what almost like no other character on Jurassic in, in this franchise could possibly do. Yeah. And we don't have to stress about it. It's just a fun thing where you get to imagine you go, that was probably kind of fun pretty little scary but if there was a book version of his adventures on the park or on the island you'd be like pretty fun yeah like a little bit like you know like maybe like a seven out of ten would do again you know not a full 10 out of 10 but like seven out of ten that perfectly describes jp3 but we don't get it and there's so much there's so many swings they can do in this because it's a movie's movie like kicking Mm. in the vending machine and just getting the snacks it's a little moment but like it doesn't mean anything it's just a cool thing that they do and I also think that Billy, like, just gliding through my favorite entire sequence in, <laughs> in the film, it's awesome because it's just a movie. You know, like, you can just do these things because you're like, we're just pulling you through, like, these dinosaur scenes. Yeah. But then in the end, you are like, I do feel like something happened, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I mean, Billy's whole thing is set up beautifully where he talks about skydiving before. Yep. 
for you know, for as much as people want to rag on this movie script, whatever, blah blah blah. I mean, literally, again, it's hard to rag on a movie where they threw out the script and were just writing it as they went along, yeah. but they had already had everything built. So they were like, all right, cool. We got this cool plane to play. And I mean, it's literally, yeah. it's a playground. Yep. It's Jurassic Park, the playground. Exactly. And something happened, like you said, something happened in this movie. It is, it, 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 I don't think this will spoil Camp Cretaceous for you, but literally there, like, th- there's no reason for J- JP3 to be referenced in anything else afterwards. Yes. And yet people keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the... The raptor flute comes back in Camp Cretaceous. That's amazing. The vending machine comes back in Camp Cretaceous. Incredible. There are these little moments where it's like Fallen Kingdom. uh, At one point, the Carnotaurus was going to be the Spinosaurus in that battle with Rexy Mm -hmm. when the volcano explodes. Like, you're right. Like, that is that feeling when we leave the theater. We're like, something happened. Yeah. (laughs) What is it? And. And, and and I'll put one thing on top of this as well. I'm 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 like I have so much respect and admiration for this movie we're doing. It's something happened and it wasn't nostalgia. Well, yeah, because it's totally the movie's a nostalgia killer. It just eviscerates <laughs> all these things, and yet it's able to tell a Jurassic Park story. Like, imagine if huh. there was a. I I mean, technically, I guess like Last Jedi gets the closest to it in like a Star Wars thing, subverting expectations in a but, way. Like, it almost feels more like a course correction, if anything, where it's just like, let's just do, you know, like more Yoda, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's like, OK, let's go back to Dagobah. Like that was actually <laughs> like it's not bacteria and stuff like that. Like the force is Dagobah. And so like Star Wars like could do it a little bit, but I still feel like they make a Star Wars. I feel like it still makes you be like, I miss Star Wars. You know what I mean? This one was like, we're doing Jurassic Park, but we're not going to keep obsessing over how cool the first movie was. Alan is going to go through stuff like a man is going to get almost snapped up by raptors jumping up at her. And that's a new shot, surprisingly, in this yeah, franchise. Yeah. We're going to do cool things. It's going to take place a lot during the day, which is pretty incredible. We're going to put some in the fog and it's going to be absolutely nightmarishly terrifying. Yeah. And by the end, even though you're not like walking out of the theater at night on a Friday at midnight because you had to go see like the first possible screening you could. And you're not like sweating and just like cinema. Yeah. yeah. I feel like. You also don't walk out being like, well, it was just a cheap imitation. It, it just kept writing the coattails. I feel like it actively, in the same way that Lost World does it, it actively strays away, but in a way that wasn't like, but well, here's the antithesis to Jurassic Park. It's like, yeah, no, okay, so there's an island with dinosaurs? Like yeah. you're saying like, let's just roll a plane around there then. Well, you know what? I mean, and even originally, again, keep shouting out Clayton Freeridi for doing all these deep dives into to JP3 uh, production lore but originally it was going to be site c they were literally going to make it a third island <laughs> because they're like sure because why not why not why not why isn't there a third island made with dinosaurs right. oh hammond forgot to mention the third island exactly because i feel like that would have just been like we saw the pattern we're just doing it and i feel like going back but not being like here's all this stuff which would have been very expensive which is you know there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff about well that. but they allude to things but it's yeah. not quite the same thing so it's just I, and I think, too, that this movie maybe has become more valuable, whatever that means. As the franchise has continued? As the franchise has continued, but also just as a movie-going experience, because we live in the age of, like, the return to form. Yes. You know, yes. that sort of thing. Like, J- Jurassic World, Force Awakens, I mean, they're they're the epitome, the first Muppets movie that came yeah. back. And, oh my god, uh, Skyfall. Yeah. All those movies are essentially the same movie. Yep. They're yep. all this like, here's a thing. 
here's the thing that you love. Nobody likes it anymore. We're going to remind you why you yes. loved it in the first place. Yeah. Jurassic Park 3 Jurassic Park 3 is infinitely more rewarding especially now because it is it, the instincts of this movie are completely wrong yep. for how we operate today as far as movie making goes. It is all very Tron Legacy in a way. A movie <laughs> I love. You know I've never seen Tron Legacy. We got to watch it. It's oh, if it's so if it's like JP3 I'm on board. It's so good. Okay, we'll talk about this afterwards. But um in Tron Legacy though it's a similar thing where they're just like Hey, Flynn's Arcade, it's collecting dust. No one cares about it. <laughs> but you have, as like a fan, have this little like quarter of a, like a memory that you can throw into the arcade slot because you remember. And mm. that grants you access back into this world. Whereas I feel like this one with JP3, it's so interesting because it's not that. It's not Alan being rewarded for still holding on to something. Well, and I think to your point, the... To that point and earlier points, this isn't even the island that Grant went to. Yeah. And so so for him to love dinosaurs at the end means that he is growing in a meaningful way that is not just like going back to nostalgia. He's not like yeah. going back to the old visitor center and being like, remember when this happened exactly. kind of thing. Like he is making new experiences, but in a thing that he used to love. Yeah. It's almost like creating a new memory with... A song that maybe was like a song with an X. Yes. Like this is he's he's creating his love song yep. is is now being rewritten over. You know, it used to be about Ellie and Jurassic Park, and now it's over this new experience. Yes. And it's him, you know, like yeah, it's, yeah. It's, maybe more honest in a way. I agree. And I think that's really cool. Like I think it's there's something really cool in this movie that like I think the big thing about it is not that like it's lacking some tent pole event at one point or something. You know, like <laughs> I think it's got like a lot of the beats you're looking for. It might not have like maybe sort of like the super recognizable collectors items characters, perhaps. Yeah. But that's part of it. And there is like it's almost like after you graduate college and you're just like going out and you're doing something, you get a job and you're just like, are we going to hang out? Is this going to like be a life changing experience? Everyone's like, no, it's just a Tuesday. <laughs> this movie's that, but it is like Alan, like learning how to thrive within this new framework where he's hmm. not the lead of the most amazing blockbuster of all time. He's just in a movie, but he still finds a way to love <laughs> yeah, yeah. the universe. And I, in watching it, I think that that is it. Like you do, it's not a thing where you're just like, oh, it's missing this or there's too much sunlight or whatever. I, I think it's like, it, it purposely is you stepping through Alan's footsteps through that emotional journey. Huh, yeah, I've, this is, I mean, truly, I did not think of it that way before. And I think there was things around that I was thinking of. But yeah, it's almost. I mean, yeah, weirdly, this movie is more rewarding the more you spend with it. Yeah. Like truly every conversation and especially this one, like I feel like I learned something new about the movie and myself. <laughs> right, you know what yeah. I mean? In that sense, because, yeah. you know, again, I think the the uh, the vulnerability of like the first one that we did is that like it again, it's the idea of like going to the movie theater and having to watch this movie that mm -hmm. means so much to me. JP three, I don't, there's no vulnerability here. Yeah. I'm not scared of watching this movie. with people. Yeah. Um, it, it's just, I'm excited to watch the movie. I'm excited to talk over the movie. Yeah. I'm excited to talk about the movie afterwards. I'm excited to make fun of the movie. I'm yeah. excited to be completely earnest with the movie. Like it, it, in a way it's like, and maybe to Joe Johnson's credit in which we don't give him credit. Mm -hmm. He was like, there's no script. Yeah. We're just going to have some fun along the way. Yeah. And you know what? I'm not going to talk about this movie because there's nothing to talk about. 
Exactly. Because it doesn't really matter what I think of how it did. Like, I'm maybe disappointed in the movie because it got away from me. Yeah. But ultimately, like, what's the point of me trying to, like, create some sort of mythic quality to it? Exactly. You know, in that sense. There is no, like, Snyder cut sort no. of um, <laughs> vehemence behind JV3. And in that, I think it's like, you're assigned so many books in high school to read and everyone's like, oh, Siddhartha and, you know, um, uh, Kafka and stuff. And this will change your life and make you a better person. Great expectations. But then you'll pick up just like some grubby book or you'll bark from a friend or something like that. Just some random book. I mean, for me, it was honestly like there was a bunch of Michael Crichton in one of our English classes that I just like carved through. But like, yes, it, it could be anything. Some random like chapter book that you're like, oh, whatever. I'm bored. Magic the Gathering novel novels. Right. Exactly. Like some, yeah. One like something like that that you'll pick up and you'll just like that will affect you in a way that you don't you you, you don't even need to talk to anyone else about because like no one's read this Magic the Gathering book, you know, and the, the people <laughs> yeah. you know. That's it, like that's the JP three <laughs> experience where I think that it's it's because it's not a big thing. You're not gonna go to New Bev and watch it and then someone's gonna go up at the end and be like, This is why I got into movies or whatever, you know? I think it's a more private and weird and uncanny in a way experience that like at the end you you, you think about it and if it, if it was devoid of all meaning and of all merit i don't think people would still be talking about it because there are projects like that, that it's you, a tattoo that you got drunk on a night and people are like what does it mean right. and you invent a new meaning for it every time exactly and the, which i i went on a date with somebody where this happened and it was like well they can mean anything to me now. Mm -hmm. And so when I talk to people, it can be anything. Yeah. And there's kind of like something beautiful in that in a weird way. It almost just makes me think this movie needed because to me, it's like Coen Brothers light. Weirdly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Especially with the Kirby's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Or even the, like even Udesky and like Cooper. It's like, oh, we met through our church. Yep. Like the sort of bumbling schemers. This movie almost was missing the like, we get back, you know, we like, we just like cut to a random like moment where it's like, to like Costa Rican workers. And it's just like, what did we learn here? Like very yes. burn after reading style. Yes. You know, like just very like, I don't know. 100%. 100%. It's. It's that like, I, I think like it's very hard for you. But to, we're doing that, I guess. But we're doing. Yeah. We're, we're that. We're, we're those characters at the end of the movie. I think what I love, if you are forced to look at it and derive some meaning from sort of the first sequence of the story which is alan's to the last where it's on the beach so we're going from like alan trying to teach you know like ellie's kid about dinosaurs <laughs> yeah. to him on the beach saying like you know god bless you ellie sattler like the what i love about it is it's not like jurassic park is like we solved all the things there was definitely a lot of bloodshed along the way <laughs> but everything is packaged and delivered and you feel good about it and alan is good with kids and the seatbelts work this time. You know what I mean? Yes, like, they're, they're, they're pelicans now instead, pelicans of, dino now. instead of exactly. dinosaurs. It's like there is the very heavy denouement that makes it such a great artistic experience. But I, <laughs> Hammond just spinning the, his cane being like, what a dream that was. Right. You know, like, <laughs> it's like, dude, come on. The park's still there. Yeah. <laughs> There's dead bodies everywhere. We got to clean this you shit have up. To actually deal with this in the next movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. You have to, you have to get coroners onto this park. Yeah. But, it's with this one, I think that there's still there's something so it the ending of it, I've been obsessed with it ever since I rewatched it for this episode, because I'm like, it's something so weird where I do feel, and I don't mean I don't mean to project my own stuff into this, but like I do feel like 
Alan is like falling back in love with Ellie, but in a way that he's okay with. Does that make sense? No. Well, I mean, again, and it was, uh, I saw somebody comment on the episode, uh, just thanking you for talking about the ace stuff. Oh, that, without, yes. I, like, I don't know I if you saw that, that comment yeah, on Twitter, yeah. but he puts the hat back on. That's it. Do you know what I mean? He, I don't think he knows how to, and again, listen, we're not pulling lines of dialogue. This isn't like a YouTube video where we're like, and here's how they did it. This is two film theory students talking really quickly. I think the movie starts with Alan clearly still loves Ellie, and Ellie still loves Alan, but they don't. But I think there's something that is preventing him from thriving. And I think it's tied to his feelings to Ellie. And I think at the end, that delivery and just seeing that the whole world could shift for him, I think you feel a change in Alan where he, and throughout the whole process of the movie, where he's like, I solved the, the horn thing. I've delivered <laughs> the egg, you know, like I did all the, the, the I mar- took a stand. I took know? a stand. Yeah. Like he's You're like, worse than the people that built this place, yeah, you know, like, yeah, damn. Yeah. Like he, and he also like fits all those experiences into some context and like some narrative for himself. I think that like at the end, we see Alan, something shifts in him where I think that he's able to accept the love and also like love himself in a way. Yes. Well, yeah. He doesn't need that validation from Ellie anymore. That's it. Because yeah. I think Ellie left him or however it worked, whatever, whatever the story was, because he he couldn't move past the Jurassic Park experience because she's clearly moved on continued to live yeah and I, I think and you see him stagnate like he's just spinning his wheels he's dusty he's not he couldn't know, acknowledge his experience those are theme park monsters they're not dinosaurs exactly but the, but it's like it doesn't really matter yeah <laughs> like think, what they are you know in that way and we see like a lot of like beautiful um, uh, humanizing is, is a really silly term I think but I think it's the only term that is appropriate right now that off the top of my head, but we see a lot of humanizing of the dinosaurs in Lost World, which I love. Yes. Alan doesn't go through that. We go through that. Yeah. So when Alan is like, we have to return the egg because these families matter, that is the shift. Well, also, it's not like they made them. It's not, but it's different than the Lost World because the Lost World gives you a cuddly baby junior yes. to love and you're like, oh, see, yeah. Malcolm yep. and, and Kelly, they're just like the Rexes mm-hmm. and their baby. This is like, these are snarling monsters, yep. this badass alpha female raptor yep. uh, that's in like a cool, sexy, like matriarchal society with all the like, yep. like all the like all the young men that she's surrounded by mm-hmm. the feathered raptors. Like there, there's no there's they're not bullshitting you with like, let's give you a cute baby raptor to pull the strings. Alan no. knows that this is the right thing to do, whether it's cute or not. Yes. It's not like in Jurassic Park where he's holding like that really just complicated image of the raptor child, you know, <laughs> where it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, um, where it's not like that. It's just the egg. Like, it's just the egg. And it's a thing where his reaction to it is like, we are offending the natural way of things. Hmm. And I love that because I feel like he then, you know what this is? Let's pull some, let's pull a philosophy I've been working on a little <laughs> bit just into this. So let's get real dirty and drenchy and in, in personal stuff. Yes. I think it's in the beginning, we are seeing the effects of Alan stuck in ego. What does it mean for Alan? What's all of this? He's no longer with Ellie. What does that comment on him? But he still has dinosaurs. Yes, but what oh my is gosh. This? And I think by the end, he lets go of really this, like in the span of humankind, like this very contemporary idea of like me and the individual and I don't have my house in the suburbs. I don't have like, you know, the two kids and the dog and stuff. You, I think he disappears back into the context of the world huh. and 
seeing him, even though it is a bunch of like human stuff coming, helicopters and ships and stuff like that, he is reduced in the frame with all the other stuff going on. And if that's the expression of Ellie, even though she's not literally there, and that's the expression of like a previous life, I think that we see him disappear not only into the island, not only into helping the Kirby's, you know, save their kid, not only to like being like, oh, thank God, Billy, you're still alive. Yeah, yeah. But it is the thing where he's like, I need a little bit of like, Alan, I'm getting my head out of my ass. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like where it's look at this. Well, look it, at this. It, look at all of this. <laughs> I mean, it's my it's my favorite. I mean, it's my favorite book. It's The Hobbit. You know, you're just but, you know, one hobbit in a big wider world. Yes. Thank goodness. Indeed. Bilbo said, you exactly. know, and like, I think that's the end where it's like all. Yeah. Like you said, all this stuff shows up and it's like. I don't I think maybe that's another element, the ego mm-hmm. element, like you said, that because he survived Jurassic Park, it needed to be this thing, which yeah. I think when you look at Fallen Kingdom and you look at the role that Malcolm has taken, it's like he survived Lost World and is like, oh, I have a responsibility. Like, yes. I have to like, you know, I have to sort of take ownership. I have to speak out against these dinosaurs yep. and what happened. Alan is just like, I'm back, baby. Yep. Like, I'm just here enjoying the ride. Like, yep. like he doesn't, it, he, he's not worried about it meaning anything. And yep. like you said, it's not a, a commentary on him. Yes exactly yeah and i'm gonna before we lose this moment and i don't know if this is like a closing sort of thing or whatever but like it'd be so funny if we talked about this movie longer than the movie i just cut it right off (laughs) this is the hobbit of jurassic park yeah this is the hobbit heist (laughs) of jurassic park there's so many little goofy moments and there's so many little things and i love the hobbit it Lord of the Rings, it is not, you know, like it is just like Bilbo going out and there's the singing and the songs and stuff like that. And but there are moments in The Hobbit where you feel the weight of of life itself yeah. in this what's essentially a kid's book where it's like, what if we get the trolls out into the sun that turn into statues? Yeah. But then Bilbo's also like, war is fucking horrible. Yeah. And I feel like <laughs> JP3 does that where there's so many fun little things and like some of the people who get slaughtered are you're like I'm not going to miss him, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. It's just like, that was a that was a horrific death, <laughs> but like, I'm not shaken by it, I'm not altered by it. Yeah, yeah. But there are moments in this where it's just the quiet bits in between where you are like, I'm feeling the vacancy in Alan's life, but that is life. Yeah. That we just don't put into blockbusters, but that is there, like the quiet, just room tone of what he's going through. Well, and two, just tonally, it is also like, you know, it's the only Jurassic Park movie with a dream sequence. <laughs> Hobbit yeah. has a weird talking purse that is totally lore yep. breaking. So of course it's not in the <laughs> Peter Jackson movies that tried to the lore con the you know Everything Hobbit you, yeah. into to fit into the Lord of the Rings box. This is the like, yeah, like you said, the weirder, more intimately uncomfortable. But yeah, yeah, this is this is so re- recently Sam mm-hmm. Neill did an interview with mm-hmm. my dear friend Perry Nemiroff of Collider, who's been on this podcast before. The headline. From this article that was published in February of 2021, Sam Neill says he only first figured out how to play Alan Grant in Jurassic Park 3. That. This year, in 2021. That is it right there. And uh, here we we go. You know, as Perry says, as someone with a deep appreciation for every single installment of the series, I opted to put the focus on the most criticized of the bunch, Jurassic Park 3. Again, like Perry's been on this podcast a few times. I've recorded some stuff with her. Again, we've talked about the earwormness nature of JP3 as she continues. Yeah, I opted to put the focus on the most criticized of the, but like again, 
And as I've mentioned before, when I saw Laura Dern surprise everyone at the Arclight, mm-hmm. RIP, literally the only question I had was <laughs> to Emily Carmichael and Colin Trevorrow, who, you know, are writing, who wrote Dominion. I mm-hmm. was like, what do you guys think of JP3? Like, that was yep. the biggest question in my mind. Yep. To focus on JP3, specifically one of the most talked about moments from that movie, the scene where Raptor talks to Alan during a dream. Here's what Neil said. Again, here's what Sam Neil said. I'm buckled in. I love you, Sam. Like, Sam playing ukulele, living yep. his best life with all of his animals, Sam Neil. <laughs> I thought, that's pretty cool. Laughs. I was just talking to someone earlier in the day who said, I really like JP3, and it gets an unfair treatment. He was from Rotten Tomatoes. I think it was him. And I said, thank you very much. I agreed that the last 10 minutes are way too easy and way too hurried. But I think up to that point, it's pretty damn good. There we go. That's it right there. You know what I love about that so much is it's, hey, what about that? What about the Raptor dream? And Sam Neill's answer is, yeah, the whole movie is pretty good. You know what I mean? Like, it's such a thing where like you pull that out. You're like, what is this? Like, yeah, well, look at what's the whole movie. Yeah. And I feel like the whole movie is that where it's just like it is this weird dream sequence but it is a waking experience through it mm-hmm. and so it is like would the dinosaurs kicking the plane around <laughs> alan but then you stop and you're just like wow family's hard like relationships <laughs> are tough <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, yeah it's hard for this character but we love him yeah and- it is great and i think it does something that like indiana jones 4 and those kinds of movies like go at but i think this did it i think this does leave you with just sort of a sourness that you have to sit with until <laughs> you're able to just like make sense through it. Well, you know what? Sour grapes make wine. And Sam Neill makes wine. <laughs> I mean, that's it, right? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I think that's the best way to close out. Oh, man. What a fun movie. <laughs> Thank you, Omar, so much. This was great. This was. Did wonderful. you actually have any other points? I, I just. No. I, Ending on a pun is also kind of infuriating, too. Well, not a pun, but just, I guess, wordplay. No, but. I think connecting it to the outside world is what we need to do. <laughs> we are now exiting the theater back into daylight. Oh, it's so bright outside. <laughs> My stomach hurts from eating too much popcorn, and now I have to go back to work or something. I didn't have breakfast, but it, this wasn't an early screening, so I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just ate a... I just... I, I drank a Slurpee on an empty stomach <laughs> yeah. at two in the afternoon. My breakfast was literally my breaking of fast was Sour Patch Kids? Not smart. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. 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 I mean, again, I it, it is weird that there's this like JP3 gang where yeah. it's like we just there's just something. Look, you've everyone's been listening for an hour now, you know, yep. just go just <laughs> roll it back. Roll it back. <laughs> uh, well, but I also think to to just to that final point of like this mo- like Jurassic Park, the original Jurassic Park movies weren't meant to be a trilogy. No. So it's it's weird to even call it that. It's yeah. just, I mean, I guess it's just easy to call it that. Yeah. Uh, it's a triple feature. Triple, yeah, triple but, feature. You know. But yeah, it was never meant to be a trilogy. And it obviously, clearly, this, in uh, this movie is not a third of anything. Yeah. It is just a thing. Yep. You know. And so. I love it for that. <laughs> I love it for that. Amazing. Yeah. Maybe next year we'll do the other three Jurassic yeah. movies. That'll be fun. I know, because that's a whole other thing to tackle there's so much meta levels to process through that well yeah and and that's what i like about this movie too is it was it was meta without being i feel like the modern conception of meta this isn't rick and morty you know exactly yeah now now streaming on disney plus um (laughs) but uh yeah are you how does life find a way for you i don't know (laughs) look we're not gonna try and be profound 
Uh, but I'm just very thankful that I got to do this with you. I've seen you three times in the this last is month. Great. This is how this it is, happens. This I'm grateful for that. That's that's <laughs> what I love the most. But um, yeah, I mean, where can people find you? Uh, follow you. I started following the Disney account. Yes. So good. Yes. Thank you very much. I'm let's let's get because it's JP three. So let's just have like a little bit of fun here. Um, <laughs> I, this is this is the business, and I'll get that out of the way. Uh, I'm Omar Najam. You can find me at Omar Najam on Twitter. I'm also going to say, yeah, Hatbox Goat is the, it's like Hatbox Ghost, but Hacks Hatbox Goat uh, is a, is the Disney Twitter account, the fake Disneyland Twitter account. By the time you hear this, I will have wrapped up the bit of Loki stealing Disneyland, so there's nothing for that yes. account to report on, Yes, which is such a dry joke, but I think it's very funny. So there will be, we'll return back to just jokes about the Mark Twain riverboat. <laughs> but I, you know, I'm going to, I, I don't, please don't at her about this or anything i don't want any of this to get back uh -oh. to her but um real real life i feel like in our circle real life ellie sattler dale kingsmill uh mm. has an incredible youtube channel if you're into D D and mythology oh boy oh gosh, you're yeah. for a treat incredible just great videos she is charming she's hilarious uh she's so close to 100k subscribers oh, nice where, and that's when you get the little youtube button it's not little it's huge you get a YouTube button. And I was just thinking, like, just in the spirit of Laura Dern and Ellie to just dedicate my sign out <laughs> of this to asking people to subscribe to Dale's channel. Incredible. It's Monarchs Factory on YouTube. Monarchs Factory. Real life Ellie Sattler, but with mythology instead of dinosaurs. <laughs> but she loves dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah. Um, I brought, you know what? I'll do this really quick. Is it okay? Like a yeah, yeah, yeah. story? I went to go visit Dale and stay with her family. Again, do not, In please Australia. do not at her. Just mm -hmm. subscribe to the channel. I don't want her to know this because like we do like have a rivalry, but like I don't want <laughs> I know. to know it's them being fun, nice. It's one of the other fun things I love <laughs> is seeing your guys' interactions on Twitter um, because I know you both in real life. And I recently just, I was recently looking back at pictures of when she was here or the last time I hung out with her when I used to live I mean, here when the, I lived Because she and I had a place. Jurassic Park beer pong um, team. Yes. Yeah. And I was Owen because I had the Woody jacket. Sorry, this makes no sense to anyone outside of our friend group. <laughs> but um, when I went to go visit, um, I brought a Dale Loves Triceratops. And, oh, amazing. Uh, it's her favorite dinosaur. And here in the US, she was saying that they don't have fossils in Australia, which later someone was like, that's for sure not true. So don't add her again because I'm <laughs> calling her a liar. I was going to say, I've definitely listened to a whole podcast wrong. about fossils in um, Australia. <laughs> Common but, descent. What up? She, but we have so many like, you know, the Natural History Museum here in Los Angeles, which is an incredible, beautiful museum. Like we have incredible, you know. Um, well, I hung out with her at the La Brea Tar Pits. There you go. That's right. <laughs> there you here. go. We've got we got bones galore here in Los Angeles. Come to L.A. <laughs> Los Angeles. Bones. bones galore. <laughs> bones bones. Galore. We got them. <laughs> you want some bones? Come down to La Brea. Um, <laughs> we got bones coming out of the ground. Um, but so when I went to go visit her, I was like, I have a gift and it's going to be a it's going to be a fossil. It's going to be, oh my you can just get them, which I did not realize. Like, it's pretty easy to get them. <laughs> just bones. in the fucking gutters here. Yeah, they're just lying around. Bones, we got them. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I'm going to bring this and I get on the plane. I fly, it's 15 hours. It's the flight that they do on Inception because they're like the longest freaking flight in the world. Oh, wow. It's so hard. And I, you know. Yeah. No, no, I've done that flight. And I watched Inception on it and I was like, well, this is a terrible <laughs> mistake. But anyway, I land, right? And they give you that little green slip where they're just like, do you have anything that's illegal to bring into Australia? Because we are very biosafe here. Yeah. Uh, you could destroy our entire continent slash country. Yeah. And I was like, the, one of them was like, do you have animal products? Do you have dirt? <laughs> and there was one other thing. And it was like something that's not from here. And I was like, 
the fossil is checking all these boxes. Oh, no. So I checked all the boxes. I'm like, it's got dirt. It's, it's an animal product. It's, you know, whatever. Like, it's not from here. And then so they're like, they see my list and they're like, you got to go to this, this special, like the Loki level. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> just taser off t- your clothes. TVA. <laughs> yeah. This little smiling robot is like, welcome to customs. I'll stab you. I wait for like half an hour. I finally get up and the guy's like, so what, what is this? Like, what are you bringing? Like you, you're like a terrorist. Like what is happening here? <laughs> oh, no. And I was like, I have a dinosaur bone. And the guy went, well, great. I hope you enjoy it. And he doesn't even unzip my suitcase and he just shuttles me off. And I was like, what? But I stood there terrified, drenched oh in God. sweat in the Sydney airport being like, this is a huge mistake. I shouldn't have brought bones. I shouldn't have smuggled bones into this country. But I did. Anyway, it's Monarch's Factory. <laughs> Subscribe. Look, Please I'll... do not tell her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we cannot <laughs> add her. Snitches get candy. As yes, they say, snitches my favorite get candy. And, but Hannah, who has the Jurassic World account, she's from Australia. So No way. Mm, mm, making connections eggs. left and right. Bones, we got them. So many eggs, so many good <laughs> eggs. If I do ever end up on any of the Jurassic Park islands, I really hope an Australian's with me. Yeah. <laughs> I swear to God, I need uh, it. I can I, hold up the California aspect of it, which is like being very judgy about things. <laughs> we can't kill that dinosaur. Like, that's the stuff I can bring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I need the Australians to be It's like, endangered. <laughs> you know, it probably takes the 101 to the 405. <laughs> Uh, well, this is fun. <laughs> I mean, I feel like JP3 is also I could go on forever. Yes. We're, we're going to just like circle and circle on ourselves again. We will go longer than the big rent time. Anyway, that's my sign out. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you, Omar. This has been a blast. And uh, yeah, big hat, no cattle.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.